0: Happy Thursday, everybody! A Thursday, <laughs> November sixteenth, two thousand twenty-three edition of the south side Beat. He's Chris hallick I'm Corey Christen. Jumping right into the intro. No fanfare. No nothing from me
1: Mm-mm. today
0: We are. Just, we're moving today.
1: We're right to business.
0: <laughs> we're, we're moving today. I'm <laughs> telling you. Uh, Come on, you, don't don't ever know.
1: admit that. Just say I hit the like button. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to admit that you almost forgot. Just. I hit the like button.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. As long as you remember, better late than never. No, please remember to leave a like. Please remember to share. We're live every day, uh, Monday through Friday, weekday, from three to three thirty Eastern on DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube, and then of course on playback where podcasts are found. Swan says it here in the chat. Live on YouTube. Another active news day. It sure mm-hmm. was. And like, we're of course going to talk about the Browns. Uh, Chris and I are because. This is a really unique AFC North matchup Mm -hmm. this weekend, given basically a lot of injuries. Um, Obviously, Nick Chubb being out for the season changes just about everything for Cleveland, to a degree at least. But there's some pretty significant ones on the Steelers' side of the ball, too. Now, everything starts in this game with the lack of Deshaun Watson. It has been revealed by Kevin Stefanski that um, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the rookie out of UCLA, is going to make the start for the Browns. Um, There's a really lengthy injury report that came out on Wednesday. We haven't seen the Thursday report for either side yet. Mm -mm. But at least for both teams, there are injuries stacked up pretty much everywhere. And to me, Chris, this game on Sunday in Cleveland is going to give a way different feel than the game in in Pittsburgh did back in week two.
1: Yeah. I don't think this is going to be, um, not, not that the week two matchup was pretty because it wasn't. Um, but if it can be uglier than the one in week two, I think it's going to be, um, I'm talking about, um, Steelers not being able to move the football against Cleveland's very, very, very good defense, arguably the best in the league right now. um, and then obviously the Browns dealing with everything that they've got going on on the offensive side of the ball. I mean they're they're still a good running team, but man, I mean no Nick Chubb, no Jack Conklin, no Deshaun Watson. I mean uh, one of their uh, not not Batonio, but the other guy. I can't the name is escaping me right now. White Teller. Thank you, God. Um, uh, he's on the um, uh, he's you know. Kind of in that range of being like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? That would obviously be a big loss on the Cleveland offensive line. Dewan Jones, kind of the same thing. So that's the right side of Cleveland's offensive line. I, I mean, you're you're looking at, I mean, it's it, it's it, it could be an ugly game. Like, I mean, it's it's an AFC North game, so it already has the potential to be ugly. But it could be even uglier than most people might be expecting.
0: Now, um, it, for for Pittsburgh, obviously with no Cole Holcomb, no Quan Alexander, but also this could be no make a Fitzpatrick or Keon O'Neill. And today after practice safety, Trenton Thompson said he's being told to be ready and linebacker, Anthony or Michael Walker, excuse me, Anthony Walker's place for the Browns. Michael Walker told me yesterday. He's, he was told to be ready. So the Steelers are really dipping into the well here as far as the practice squad goes for depth. And the impacts for the Steelers defense, Chris, I, I think it's pretty self explanatory not having the two starting inside linebackers available and then having to go to Alandon Roberts, Mark Robinson, and likely Michael Walker for snaps up the middle. But now it's about having two of the three starting safeties out with, with Minka and Neil. And Terrell Austin said today that Minka and Keanu would both be game time decisions, game time type decisions. Of course, Minka's been dealing with the hamstring issue, and Keanu Neal had a rib injury sustained Sunday against the Packers. So there's going to be a lot of shifting around for the Steeler defense. And, you know, there was some thought that maybe Keanu Neal takes some snaps up the middle, you know, at least in coverage downs as a a pseudo-middle linebacker, almost like a hybrid. But if he can't go, that's going to force – obviously, Demonte KZ has his role, but then you're going to have to see – a little more from Elijah Riley, a little more from Trent Thompson. Those sound like the two right now, maybe a little miles Killebrew. Those sound like the two right now that if, if Mika and or Neil can't play, then those are going to be the ones that have to step up for the Steelers on Sunday.
1: Yeah. Uh, And just real quick, I, I I've seen this name keep coming up, not just here, but on social media too.
0: Oh, come on. Don't
1: bring back. Uh, no, just, it's not happening. Miles Jack is not coming back. Um, first off, he's retired. And once a player retires, uh, I mean, you know they're not in football shape. They might not even be in shape. Uh, I mean, yeah. I might be in better shape than Miles Jack right now. I, I, I'm I, Obviously, I'm saying that a little tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, I at least know that I play hockey once a week. You know, I don't know what Miles Jack is doing. He could have just been like, "I'm done with football, and that's it. I'm I'm never doing anything ever again." You know, I I don't know. Uh, you don't know that. And then plus, you know, whenever you talk about bringing a guy in who's been retired for half a season, even a guy like J.J. Watt, who
0: obviously looks like he can still play, there's there there's the J.J. Watt
1: comment yeah, for it's like, to- it's like, dude, no, like no, that that's it's just not a good decision. It's just not, I mean, regardless Mm -hmm. of how good they were when they, when, you know, no, it's, it's not a good decision. I I call this practice
0: squad syndrome, and this isn't about the players. This is about people that watch and and are fans of the team. And I'm not calling any specific people out, but Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is yes. When, when teams have to go to depth options on the practice squad, it's any, any other teams practice squad player or any team that's on the couch right now is by default better than the player that's on the practice squad. Like, there's that's no chance. not true.
1: Which is <laughs> yeah, not yeah, true. Yeah, which, right. which
0: is not true. Like, Michael Walker definitively right now is a better football player than Miles Jack by virtue of being in shape, by virtue of being in some kind of camp, in some kind of building, in some kind of system, and still actively working. And that's why the Steelers brought him in. And, of, yeah. of course, with Miles Jack, too, like contract stuff, etc., over the offseason, But, like, I I feel like this happens with with pro sports all across the board. Football, baseball, hockey, um, certainly basketball. Like, any (laughs) other team's players that are coming off the bench are automatically better than your favorite team's players that are coming off the bench. Therefore, got to make a move, right? Like, there was so much hype from Steelers fans built up about Mark Robinson. And I hate to tell you, but it doesn't sound like – Tara Lost and Mike Tomlin, as of right now, are too excited about having to play Mark Robinson up the middle. This is why Michael Walker is getting a chance. If you look at Michael Walker, you watch the film, he is a leaner, faster, taller linebacker than mm-hmm. an Alandon Roberts or Mark Robinson are. That's why he's getting a shot because he can play in coverage. Mark Robinson could be a heat seeking missile sometimes and stopping the run. But he's not an every-down linebacker, no matter how badly some people might want him to be in year two of literally playing the position.
1: Yeah, I mean, Mark Mark Robinson. You know, I think I, the way I put it yesterday was he's a heat-seeking missile, but he's not a guided heat-seeking missile. Sure. Um, you know, there's eleven guys. You know, there's eleven warm bodies on the other side of the ball. He's just looking for somebody to hit right now. I mean, and and the, and the play. In which AJ Dillon had the had the forty yard run is actually a perfect example of what what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mark Robinson just went in there. I mean, no, I'm a reckless abandon and ran into the block. Now, granted, he hit the blocker hard. No second block,
0: thought about it. But he hit yeah. the blocker.
1: I mean, you got to go for the ball carrier. You're trying to hit the blocker. You're trying to fill up the hole and 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 and, and try to get to the ball carrier. That did absolutely nothing and. Dylan was able to squeeze through the hole and get 40 yards out of it. So uh, there's got to be aggressive is good, but there's got to it's got to be done in a shrewd manner. Uh, And that's just not Mark Robinson's best trait right now. Now, we've seen him put together good actual football in an NFL game. He did it against the Ravens last year, Um, was aggressive, but again, was shrewdly aggressive for the most part. Over pursued at times, but that's part of being a young player. But overall, it was a good performance. The very next week, when he played the Browns, he was terrible. I mean, bad. Uh, it, it's just, it's, I, I, it doesn't surprise me at all that that Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin don't sound excited about Mark Robinson playing because, yes, it, it's, it's, he could have a couple of a couple of snaps. Where he looks like the best guy in the world, it's kind of like the Fulton Reed again. I keep making Mighty Ducks references on podcasts, and uh, nothing wrong with that. But but it's kind of like the Fulton Reed thing. It's the one out of five rule. You know, four of the five times you you just you don't know how to shoot a puck, and then the other the one one out of five. Good God! Don't get in the way because that's going top. You know, it's going to go bar down and it's going to be a hundred mile an hour slapper. Um, Mark,
0: Mark. Yeah, he is. Robert Spillane is having a hell of a year in Las Vegas. But here's the thing. The Steelers had Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander ready to go at their disposal yeah. for cheaper. Like, it's easy to sit here today with Holcomb and Alexander out for the year and saying, why didn't they keep Robert Spillane? Why is he coming back? Like, it's well, easy. It would have it so cost, to cost more
1: to keep Robert Splane, even if you kept him as a fourth. And plus right. Robert Splane was an unrestricted free agent. He was going to have the, the opportunity to, to go and find something, you know, where he might make a little bit more money. And that's exactly what he did. And if the Steelers weren't in this situation with the injuries, we're not talking about Robert Splane right now, because no. we no. weren't talking about Robert Splane before Cole Holcomb no. and Alexander got injured. No.
0: And like, it's <laughs> okay. So a, a couple of people have asked about Darius rush right? Like Darius Rush, rookie cornerback, plucked off of the of the Chiefs practice squad. Like, keep in mind, he's a guy that was not on the radar before the season started for a reason. Like, the Steelers went and drafted Corey Trice Jr., and of course he got hurt, and of course they had to shift and, and go get guys like Luke Barku and, and other guys like that to come off of the practice squad. Now they have a guy like Darius Rush, and maybe it's like, maybe it's like shiny new toy syndrome, where like, He's the new guy. He's the fresh face. He's the one that he's literally not the other guy. Like, I think that's what we're thinking about when it comes to Robert Spillane, too. Like, Robert Spillane is not Mark Robinson. Robert Spillane is not Michael Walker. Robert Spillane is not Tariq Carpenter. And it's easy to sit here and say, well, if Spillane was here, well, yeah, of course, if Spillane was here, it would be a little easier, or would it? Yeah. Like Darius rush being a cornerback. I don't think he's going to play much at safety. Like if that's what the points are coming down to, I don't think he's going to play much at safety because right now the Steelers are fine on cornerback depth. Now, if Keanu Neal's hurt, does, does Patrick Peterson take some snaps at safety and that forces, so to speak, Darius rush into a role? Maybe but you have to consider the matchup too. Rookie quarterback and a pretty mid one at that, by the way, like I'm not, I'm not too worried about Dorian Thompson Robinson throwing for 350 yards and three touchdowns. That's not my concern whatsoever. (laughs) I'm not concerned over it. I'm I'm not,
1: not. I'm not concerned over it, but you also weren't concerned over Jordan love being able to throw a uh, forward pass and he actually looked pretty good. Yeah, he did. Um, Oh, he did. Um, but a couple good plays. So the, and, and Randy kind of brings it up, you know, to, so we can kind of shift, shift focus to the Browns here. Cause we don't need to be talking 10 minutes about Robert's Blaine. Um, Dorian Thompson, Robinson highlights from college, uh, highlights from college look pretty good. He always seemed to keep his feet moving legs and arm, uh, simulate a gum band pulled and ready to launch. I mean, listen, like don't let the one performance against the Ravens completely like okay that's the only judgment there um yeah yeah it, it wasn't a great performance uh completed barely completed half of his passes through three picks uh it wasn't pretty um but you know listen listen we we've seen the Steelers now granted Mike Tomlin 25 I think it's 25 somebody mentioned it earlier Mike Tomlin 25 and 5 against rookie quarterbacks um but We've seen backup quarterbacks, we've seen with the Ravens with Tyler Huntley doing it, we've seen Jacoby Purset do it. Now, granted, those guys had had a lot, you know, decent NFL experience coming in, but backup quarterbacks who are able to come in and keep this and, and play in the same system tend to be the backups that can have the most success against the Steelers because the one thing the Steelers can always game plan for when they're playing against a Lamar Jackson or they're playing against a Joe Burrow or they're playing against a Deshaun Watson, even though Watson is new to the rivalry still um, is that they've seen those guys multiple times. They know how to play against those guys. Obviously when it comes to playing a rookie, you don't have much NFL tape on them. You can really only go, go only go off of what, what they're doing, uh, you know, from, from the college tape. And now you've got to kind of worry about how he's going to play within the way the Browns do things. What do the Browns do? They love to run the football. So you still got to try to stop Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. That's, you know, the most Mm -hmm. important thing, but you have to be able to do that while also shutting down Amari Cooper, which by the way, the Steelers have yet to do this year and last year. Yeah, Um, You got to keep David Njoku, uh, uh, you know, under wraps. And that's not going to be easy to do since the middle of your defense is seriously banged up. Um and uh, uh, Elijah, who uh, who is that? Elijah something or other. I can't think of their name. I can't Moore? think of name. Yes, Elijah. I was going to say Elijah Wood. I'm like that's Frodo. Um, Elijah yeah. more. Elijah Moore is third on uh, third on the uh, on the Browns with 42 touches. He's becoming more and more of a part of uh, what the Browns do on offense, both in the passing game and occasionally as a runner. So. There's a lot of different things the Browns can do and all Dorian Thompson, uh, DTR. I'm just going to go DTR because I'm tired of saying that name over and over again. Oh, all, just he's, DTR, yeah. all he's got to do is just be a good facilitator and, and, and pretty much be Kenny Pickett for them. Don't do much to put them over the top, but don't turn the ball over. If he can do that, the Browns mm-hmm. are going to be able to... It's not going to be easy for the Steelers, even with DTR quarterback.
0: Uh, I'm addressing two comments here. Steeler seven girl says this live is way too condescending for me. Uh, That's my bad. And if I sound condescending, it's because I am being a little condescending right now. So we have those moments. It happens. It's okay. No hard feelings. Uh, Mr. Malvo says DTR is better than average. Stop downplaying other quarterbacks when Kenny is trash. Okay. I'm not going to go into Kenny. I'm going to use this as a point about DTR. My last memory of Dorian Thompson Robinson is seeing him getting benched in the second half of the sun bowl against Pitt last year down in El Paso in December, where he threw for three interceptions and was this close to crying, crying real man tears on the bench after Pitt and Nick freaking Patty of all people beat no disrespect to Nick Patty beat UCLA, a ranked UCLA team in the sun bowl. That's my last uh, memory of one Dorian Thompson Robinson. So Pardon me if I'm not excited to see Dorian Thompson Robinson, or I have confidence that Dorian Thompson Robinson can step in for Deshaun Watson and play football at a really high level. That's just not w- what I'm going to predict. That's my memory of DTR. The Browns' offense is a run-first offense. I'm not sure what kind of arm he has. I haven't seen him play too much, you know. Um, you know, as, a, as an NFL quarterback. So, look, I'm just going to say this if if that browns offensive line is any healthy and now i believe two of the four starters or two of the five starters appeared on um wednesday's injury report with with like a rest nir basically mm-hmm. um not not injured related and uh that's fine but there's still a couple that are on the injury report so it's not like the browns are coming into this 100% healthy Sands the quarterback either. No, no, so- they, have,
1: they have a lengthy injury report. I, mm-hmm. I mean, but believe mm-hmm. me, actually, whenever I was putting together my next opponent piece, which is on uh, DKPittsburghSports.com right now, th- one of the things that took me the longest to put together was that injury report because it's not just listing all the names. It's, hey, what's going on with each one? What's the context? How long have they been dealing with with said injury? So on and so forth. It takes a long time to put together that I mean it's saying it said a little tongue in cheek but the injury report took a while to put together uh because I mean it's lengthy so I mean the, the brown listen I saw, I saw somebody say something like um like the browns are coming in confident and the steelers are coming in scared like like no like <clears throat> listen both teams are going to be coming in with uh, first place is on the line here I mean, the Steelers win. They're 7-3. Yeah. and three. That's the same record as the Ravens, and they would have a better division record and conference record than the Ravens, hence first place. Browns win. They're also 7-3 and three with the Ravens. They have a better conference record. They have a better division record, hence first place. Winner of this game, because the Ravens Ravens are on a buyer, right? Oh, no, Ravens uh, played last no, season tonight, tonight. tonight. That's right. That's the why they do tonight. play tonight. That's right. Yeah. Uh, somebody mentioned Trey week, Norwood
0: yeah. real quick. Trey Norwood just signed with the Bills practice squad like nine days ago. So that yeah. ship has kind of sailed.
1: But I mean, uh, but but if the Ravens lose tonight, I mean, whoever wins is going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but whoever, I mean, if the Ravens lose tonight. Winner, uh, winner on Sunday go, is going for first place. The door's
0: wide open. I mean, I'm, I mean, just forget about in the short term. In the long term, if the Ravens lose tonight and the Bengals win, the door is wide open in Mm -hmm. the AFC North and you would, yeah, of course implications for immediate first place on Sunday. Should the Ravens lose tonight? Yeah. But in a big picture sense, if the Ravens lose tonight, like I, I I don't want to say must win, like in the sense of it's week 11 and, you know, teams aren't eliminated quite yet, but like Mm -hmm. for the Ravens and the Bengals, like I think tonight's game is a must win for both teams for the Ravens, it's to separate a little bit and and to get a really important AFC North win. And for the Bengals, it's for the reasons that you documented. And you could say the same exact thing for the Browns and Steelers on Sunday, that it's a must win for both teams, yeah. right? And it, it's for the Browns, maybe even more so than the Steelers, because now without Deshaun Watson, how good can the Browns truly hold up until the end of the year i think the steelers still have some winnable games on the schedule
1: oh they do for sure namely
0: of course namely of course arizona new england. and uh and new england, new england maybe seattle as well depends on where the seahawks are
1: at yeah but that's in seattle that i'm mean, cross country that's that's. Not, i yeah. mean granted the steelers have to have done good uh so far going to the, going to the west coast so i mean who knows maybe they yeah. sweep it i they've already kind of gone against the 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 uh, the, the grain there when it comes to what they normally do on the west coast. So who knows? Maybe they end up winning that game no matter what. I, I don't know. But yeah, they they the Steelers definitely have some winnable games on the schedule here. Um and they've already got six. I mean you talk about if they win four more games the rest of the way, you're you're in playoff picture there. And if you and if those four wins are against the right opponents, you may end up getting some good tiebreakers too. Yep. So um I I mean yeah obviously you want to win obviously you want to win your division games and you want to win your conference games and you know but right now the Steelers have put themselves in a really really good spot with what they've done uh you know with with how how the games have played out for them and uh yep these two coming up I, I think this is the real the real po- like turning point of the season one way or the other either they're gonna these this two game stretch is either gonna send them in a, in a in a in a projection that's going to be okay. They are pretty if as long as they don't just completely fall apart, they're playoff bound, or they're going to be. It's going to be twenty twenty two all over again. They're going to be scratching clawing and hoping for hoping for some tiebreakers come season's end. And you don't want to ever have to do that.
0: Uh, some people talking about coach of the year. Uh, somebody mentioned Mike Tomlin potentially. Demont says why not Michael Ryan's. <laughs> yeah, um, Mr. Malvo says. Uh, the Lions coach, Dan Campbell. I mm-hmm. think Dan Campbell would be my favorite. Uh, I think Tomlin might be like top five, top eight for that award. Like to me, yeah, I would look at Dan Campbell. I would look at Doug Peterson of the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look at Kevin O'Connell of the Vikings if they mm-hmm. make a run because you lose Kirk Cousins and like that's kind of damning. And yet Josh Dobbs, the, the pastronaut, it <laughs> just finds a way. And imagine if the Browns had Josh Dobbs right yep. now. How we would feel about the Browns right now <laughs> if they didn't cut the cord, so to speak, right after training yeah. camp. I mean, um, I, I would I would look at those three, in my opinion, being Dan Campbell, uh, Doug Peterson, and Kevin O'Connell right now. Uh, D'Amico Ryan certainly deserving of consideration. In my opinion, C.J. Stroud is runaway offensive rookie of the year and, oh, and I for me a question i mean for me he's a dark horse mvp candidate i would put him in that conversation if the
1: texans are a play if the texans make the playoffs 100 percent. i mean I, I i'm in the pfwa i get a vote at least for the pfwa he what 100 will get my vote yeah 100 percent. i have no problem saying that the texans make the playoffs not even a question. I, I mean, he's our, I mean, even with where the Texans are right now, he's like in the, in the con should be in the conversation. He's been I phenomenal. Have, I believe
0: he's, is he second in the league in passing yards?
1: Pass Hall, I think Sam,
0: I think Sam Howell actually leads the league in passing yards, which is kind of funny to me,
1: which goes um, to show you that winning the passing title really doesn't mean too much.
0: Sure. Sure. And yeah, I mean, Mark says it right here. If, if the Steelers win the North, Mike Tomlin deserves serious consideration. It's I would, best, I would absolutely the, agree with
1: that. Best division in football right now.
0: I would absolutely agree with that. Um, Matt Canada has a chance of, or Cat Manada has a better chance of winning OC of the year. You know what? Let's let's go to Matt Canada real quick before we get out of here. We went 24 minutes of this show without going into Matt Canada on
1: a on, on, a, on a coordinator Thursday.
0: Thursday. I know that that means something. <laughs> that means we did okay. That means we're doing okay. Um, I asked Matt Canada you know, basically, do you think there's a direct correlation between the running game having its two best games concurrently this season as far as running the football Mm -hmm. with Broderick Jones being in the lineup? And he kind of brushed it off, although I think it's pretty undeniable right now that, you know, putting Broderick Jones in there allowed for for more pulls, allowed for, you know, him to get out freely, allowed for another blocker to go to the other side of the field. Like, I think schematically – Things have changed since Broderick Jones has been in the starting lineup. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think there is some kind of correlation between how well the Steelers have run it with Broderick in the starting lineup.
1: Now, I don't think I don't know for sure because I haven't actually looked at the data. Um, but just from what I just from my eye test, I don't think they're running more gap than zone over the past two weeks. But they I think they they're having more success with gap than they had been. And I think Broderick Jones is a big, a big part of that because a lot of the plays where you're seeing him pull and do different things like that, those are typically gap schemes. Uh, whenever a, a, a lineman pulls to to attack a, a specific player, um, because gap schemes is all about blocking the guy, blocking specific ex, uh, assignments. And so um, I think they're having a little bit more, more. Uh, success in those, uh, which is good because you know Jalen Warren is already a good gap runner. But whenever Najee starts having bit, a bit more success in that area, that's when Najee can take another step forward because Najee's a much better zone runner than he is a gap runner. And so when he starts having success running gap, then it, it makes Najee better. And then obviously when Jalen's also had some, I mean the, the the run touchdown run he had against the Rams that was actually a zone run. So seeing him have success in zone own runs, I think this is happening. It, it, it does kind of predate Broderick because I kind of look at the, run, the running game starting to get things going a bit against the Rams. Um, the Jaguars kind of stifled that a little bit, but the Jaguars also have a really, really good run defense. Um, but I think that the Rams game is whenever I first started to see it kind of coalescing together. But I do think I did to your point. I do think Broderick is helping put that over the top a bit because when you're able to seal the edges, that makes things a lot easier for the guards and the center to do their job, sure. um, especially in zone blocking. Um, And so I think that that does help, especially since the, the Steelers are predominantly an outside zone team. And
0: then one final coordinator note, uh, Danny Smith, torn labor. Dude, Wow. So bad for him, man.
1: Wow. I, 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 Torn labrum or torn rotator cuff? Torn
0: rotator cuff, excuse me. Excuse so me. I have a torn of labrum.
1: <laughs> of you. Yeah, I was thinking of you. Uh, no, I have a torn labrum. Torn, no, no, yeah, I'm, it's a torn rotator yeah. cuff,
0: my bad. But still, torn rotator cuff for uh, Danny Smith as a result of that, that sideline collision, uh, the one Rodney Williams had to pull him off the pile. He kept the gum in the mouth, credit to him, uh, <laughs> but he did say that he's grateful Rodney was there. Uh, a, a partial quote here, I've got a lot of metal in my body. I've got to learn how to get the hell out of the way. That is vintage Danny Smith on a coordinator oh. Thursday, a surprise appearance uh, yeah. for Danny Smith. Uh, but he he's, he's, he said he's doing okay. He's got to get surgery on his shoulder. So, so we I, hope I for just, the best.
1: I just got to say this about Danny. Danny Smith is one of the coolest guys to talk to. What like, especially because obviously like during the season, you don't get an opportunity to talk much with coordinators or, or, or like, like uh, position coaches because they're kind of off limits. Uh, But during training camp, it's a lot more open. You can obviously uh, ask to talk to certain coaches, you know, and and have those set aside. But, you know, whenever, you know, practice is done for the day, you know, you're no longer at St. Vincent's. Maybe you're at, you know, one of the local bars or something like that. And, oh, I just happened to run into (laughs) Danny Smith there. (laughs) He's He's not the only one, by the way. (laughs) No, he's not. He's just he's a cool guy to talk to, man. He's just. Uh, he's as cool as the gun that he chews, man. Like, like it's, it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a
0: couple of those. I felt bad for him
1: as soon as I saw that man,
0: uh, not of him, of all people. For those that wonder who's Danny Smith, all you have to do is watch any coordinator interview or any interview that takes he's place the- <laughs> on, the, on the back of the practice field you're gonna say. and listen to the background and you'll just hear him yelling. He's you'll the just guy hear him he's just screaming. Yep. Yep, yep. Yep. Uh, that's Danny Smith. And yes, Danny, uh, you know, I've, I've seen him out in Latrobe a couple of times, uh, in some of those, uh, nighttime after training camp, those are, those are always fun, but those are, uh, stories for another day. I would say, Chris, uh, <laughs> a final thought before we get out of here from you.
1: Oh man. Um, uh, final thought is uh, I'm going to take it. i I'm going a little bit more of a personal route. I saw somebody ask about the foot earlier. It's getting slow, uh, slowly, but surely getting better. Uh, I'm still kind of walking with the limp. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be playing hockey next Monday, uh, but we'll see. Uh, but then a new wrinkle in the Halleck household. My daughter is now with a stomach bug. Mm. And so it just, it won't stop. So whatever, whoever has the Halleck voodoo doll um in in the world stop just set it down you know let me let me let me give me a chance to breathe for a day or three um so yeah it's been uh it's been a a fun uh couple of weeks man (laughs) with the Uh, flu and then slap shot off the foot and then stomach bugs and man i don't even want to talk about what could possibly be happening from here on out (laughs) oh Did Corey freeze on us? He's not even on the South side today. Oh boy. Corey froze on us. Oh boy. Um, well, yeah. So, uh, DeMond says we need to have Ben play this game. He can't lose to the Browns. Uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, You'd love to have Ben Roethlisberger in this type of a game, but I'm really, I really, okay. Like, like legit final thought: if we can get Corey back, possibly because Corey's just frozen, frozen quality Corey. <laughs> he doesn't even have the South Side to blame him. Like South Side Internet, I totally get it. This is a this is a Chris internet Internet uh, issue. Um. So yeah, that's funny. Um, let me kind of fix that. There we go. Maybe Corey will will rejoin us. Let me see if I get a. Oh, never mind. Corey just said my power went out. <laughs> Corey, Corey's power went out. I don't know what's going on in the pit uh, on on the <laughs> on on uh where I don't know where he lives. I know he lives just somewhere in the Pittsburgh area. I don't know where he lives. I don't know what's going on there. But man, that's that's really funny. Swan, the Blue Jay is. <laughs> Or as frozen jinx. <laughs> no power, Corey. Dude, Corey is getting more and more nicknames than we could possibly like try to try to put. I'll. Uh, oh, wait, here we go. Corey may be coming back. We'll see. Uh,
0: <laughs> it, it is never a dull day over here. Let me
1: tell you. I was like, the first thing I said is you don't even have the, you don't even have an excuse of being on the South side today.
0: Oh, my my power flickered. It's back on now. It's all good, but uh, I'm not getting up to go turn my ring light back on. Oh
1: my we're God. Gonna, we're we're going to make sure that whenever uh, this is like published on YouTube and everything like that for good, that the freeze frame is going to be your frozen face <laughs> that you had right when your power went oh, out.
0: Nobody <laughs> needs to see that. I am. I love that, Darren. I'm like the ice cream machine at McDonald's, always out of order. I'm always working, but I'm not at the same. I time. I need a mic for the like. Some <laughs> <the laughs> mic drop right there. Just the, the dang. Oh, cool uh, what is going on with me? What is going on with me? Anyway, uh, let's recover from that. I, I'm going dark mode the rest of this uh, this episode. For Corey, I'm are you here
1: tomorrow? Now. Are you on the show tomorrow? I'm supposed to be. <laughs> okay. I just want I just wanted to see. Like if this is to if this is gonna be because we if not, we needed your prediction before before we went. But I'm supposed to be, to be, I mean I'll okay. give the
0: prediction. Anyway, I'll give the prediction for tonight. I think the Ravens beat the Bengals. Um and, and kind of separate a little bit. I think the Ravens do win that game.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> or he has his family member hooked to a <laughs> on a bike Jeez. hooked to a battery, Starring at frozen two. Let it go, Darren. Let it go. Oh man! All right, let's get out of here. What's Just your before. What's your final
1: thought? What's your final thought, Corey?
0: Oh, my final thought. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, Thursday night college football games don't work. Yeah. I, I'm covering Pitt Boston College tonight. Like that matchup should be okay. It should be an okay Dino game. Dino Tomlin
1: in the Dino house. Tomlin
0: is in town. Mike Tomlin will be here. I am going to assume. He will be shown on the video, on the video board and get a, a thermonuclear level pop from the crowd. So from the
1: know. from the twenty k fans that are going to be there.
0: Hey, there were seventeen thousand at Yankee Stadium last week.
1: hey, you know, well, it is a it is a ballpark, but still seventeen thousand. Mm-hmm. What does Yankee for, Stadium hold
0: for a rivalry game? Uh, more than that, I can tell you that much. Well, I know, yeah, I know. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, two bad <laughs> football teams. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they are playing – yeah, but Maxion's different. Maxion is different. Yeah. Maxion is its own entity. Did you watch the battle of I-75 on Tuesday? It came down to the final minute, and Toledo secured the, the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> Lights out in coverage as the newest inside <laughs> linebacker. That's me. <laughs> Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Oh, Bring it man. on. I'm down for it. I He's earned dead. it. I earned it. Congrats to Toledo. Toledo is 10 and one. If they win next week, they could get ranked. We'll see. We'll see about that. That's one of my former beats. I'm excited to see them. I'm excited to see them do well. Uh, DeMond says we can watch football seven days a week. Now, I I get that. And yes, you can watch football seven days a week. Does that mean you need to? Let's leave it at that. I
1: love football, but no, I need I need my breaks. I, I, I enjoy other sports.
0: It needs to be in the Mac and they'd still get whooped. Anyway. Especially
1: now that I watch more football than I ever have in my life because of all the film that I watch for my job.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I watch I mean, more football too. than I, I ever have. Practice. Yeah. I mean, I get yeah. to see practices, and it's like you know, yeah. you see football. Football is football. I love it. Don't get me football wrong. Football
1: every day. Oh yeah, like, you, know, you can't do the job unless you don't love football.
0: We all need <laughs> a break from everything, right? That that's everything in life. Sometimes you just need to take a step back.
1: Actually, my son's uh, doing a, like a school concert thing tonight, and he apparently has a solo in there. So,
0: oh, singing. I'm
1: yeah. So go. I'm Look, gonna I, a I'm gonna natural
0: light coming in. I'm gonna
1: enjoy that, uh, and then whenever we get home, it'll be yeah, and some gym uh, and a couple guys. Uh, um, yeah, pen, pens tonight too. So, uh, whenever we get home, my son's gonna be like, Can you turn the Penguins game on? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, let's watch Penguins game.
0: There you go, there you go, Penguins. Uh, you had the Penguins game on the other night. I was watching the Battle <laughs> of I 75. Um, great show today, despite the uh technical mishap. I gotta go, I guess, reset the clock on my oven and on my microwave, and yeah, gotta go make sure the apartment is still good here, which we are, but. Sometimes that happens. You get a little malfunction. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, DK Ramon coming up at 4 Eastern in about 25 minutes. But
1: no, for Barbara, now, I
0: don't. Uh, no, I do not watch the Canadian Football League or any of those. Only Canadian for now,
1: sport I watch is hockey. <laughs> there
0: you go. But for now, he's Chris and I'm Corey. This has been the Southside Beat. Have a good day, everybody. Cheers.